This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, St. David's Day, March 1st, 2024. In Los Angeles, I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Animal House, I'm Sarah Lane. And the other, other tech titan of Petaluma, I'm Jason Howell. <laughs> Drawing the top tech stories in Cleveland, I'm Len Peralta. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. I uh, I couldn't find a leak to pin to my chest for St. David's Day, as is traditional. Did any of the rest of you... Uh, what leak. what yeah. does Saint David do? The patron saint of Wales, the country. But what does he? The, the he country. Does. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. thinking maybe do I need to go down to Sea World or something? No. Yeah, is yeah. he leaky or <laughs> no? No, no. You know, okay. Saint Christopher's like what you want while you're traveling. Right. What what does Saint David do? He protects all of Wales, the country of Wales. Yeah. Well, good for that. So it's a job. Let me Wales. tell you. Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a lot of people. Know, I you know. know. Everybody thought we mean. Everybody always thinks we mean the animal, um, <laughs> and the Welsh are tired of it. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so now we've cleared that up. Let's start with the quick hits. I don't speak Flemish, but I will tell you that Facebook announced it will remove the news aggregation tab from its U.S. and Australian sites starting in early April. In Australia, this means it will no longer negotiate payments to carry news under the news media bargaining code. Once current deals expire in a few months, the Australian treasurer will have to decide whether to designate Facebook as a business where news is a significant driver of Facebook use. If it does... Then Facebook will be forced to negotiate under the code, and Meta will likely sue to dispute that decision. Facebook claims news only makes up 3% of what users are seeing in their feeds worldwide. The weird, weird thing about you saying you don't speak Flemish is you speak perfect Welsh. That's just, it's so odd. Uh, Apple has changed its mind and will offer the ability to save progressive web apps to the home screen on iOS in the European Union. Uh, the EU's new rules require Apple to allow alternate browser engines to its own WebKit, and Apple had asserted that maintaining local storage of PWA information for multiple browser engines was not worth the expense, because uh, not that many people use it, and it would be required to offer equivalent services to all browsers, so it just wouldn't allow PWAs at all, keeping the playing ground level. However, those smart engineers at Apple have figured out how to use WebKit to store a progressive web app's data, even if the user has been accessing the PWA in a browser with another engine. So everything's good now. They can do it. Yay. Yay. Android users who have rooted their phones or installed custom boot loaders, Jason Howell, looking at you, have reported that support for RCS messages isn't working. RCS is the industry standard for sending images, video, and other rich communication over text messages. Google says that some phones with altered software are prevented from, uh, prevented from accessing RCS support as an anti-spam and abuse measure. SMA or MMS continues to work on altered phones. Users of altered phones can also circumvent the problem by bypassing the Play Integrity API, though that also reduces security in other areas. Android also disables Google Wallet services if it detects the device has been rooted. How many devices have you rooted, Jason? Oh, God, over the years, uh, too many to count. In the last, like, eight years, none. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're who does that anymore yeah. <laughs> uh, the information reports that google offered to partner with meta 
on Android XR, its operating system for virtual reality headsets, in late 2023, so just the end of last year, but Meta rejected the offer. Uh, Meta's Quest uses the open source version of Android, so Google thought, hey, we can partner up, bring the full version of Android that we support to your headset. Meta gets the, the overall development community benefits. Google gets the benefit of having Meta engineers contributing to the operating system. And it would expand the number of Android apps that work on the Quest, something that Meta has said it would like to do, especially apps from Google. So they would have more than just YouTube on the Quest. A likely sticking point was having to have the Google App Store. Meta would not want to offer Google's version of the store. In fact, Meta seems to want to make its version of the OS the standard and has been talking to LG and others about bringing the Quest OS to other devices. If you want to have a printer with low maintenance costs and high privacy, consider a LaserJet. If you want to pay $7 to $36 per month to rent a printer that limits the number of pages that you print and thus makes you monitor your printing activities, then HP's new all-in-one plan might be the one for you. $7 per month gives you an HP Envy printer, lets you print 20 pages from, per month. $36 rents you an Office Jet Pro and puts a 700-page limit per month on you. The plans also include ink and tech support, though they don't include repairs, uh, which, yeah, I have some questions about that. The printers also must be connected to the internet at all times. Yeah, but $7 a month, huh? Yeah. I mean, when would I even ever need to print more than two? Who says you can't put a price on privacy? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get into this big uh, court case. Elon Musk filing a lawsuit against OpenAI and naming Sam Altman and Greg Brockman uh, as defendants, uh, saying that the company and those two have violated OpenAI's Open own founding agreement. Uh, you may ask, what does Musk have to do with this? He co-founded OpenAI with CEO Sam Altman and President Greg Brockman in 2015. Okay, so, so all right, uh, we've got some inside baseball. What's really going on here, Tom? Yeah, the founding agreement uh, that was referenced in the lawsuit is in OpenAI's incorporated December 8th, 2015 Certificate of Incorporation. Uh, and it says... Resulting technology will benefit the public and the corporation will seek to open source technology for the public benefit when applicable. The corporation is not organized for the private gain of any person. Now, Must claims that because he was a significant founder uh, or funder, I should say, of the foundation of OpenAI, that based on that founding agreement, uh, he is accusing OpenAI of breach of contract and a few other violations because he says, well, I wouldn't have funded the company with no promise of getting that money back if I had been aware that somewhere down the line it would pursue profits, even if it's in a subsidiary, and Microsoft would be making tons of money off of it. So this is, this is not what I signed up for when I gave him the money early on. Okay, so that's what Elon Musk's uh, argument is. What is OpenAI's defense against it? OpenAI's defense will likely include the fact that its for-profit subsidiary has its profits capped. So it's going to say it's only for profit in order to provide some motivations. It doesn't change us from being a nonprofit. It's not meant to benefit any one 
uh, in entity. He, 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 yes, Microsoft benefits from it, but that's no different than what Mozilla does uh, when it has contractors that, that use Firefox and that that subsidiary was necessary to continue the company. I would expect them to make that argument based on the fact that Musk left in 2018 and sort of abruptly stopped funding uh, the company and didn't deliver a lot of the money that he said he was going to deliver. So they could even possibly do a countersuit. I don't think they'll do that. Um, Musk also makes the more controversial claim in this lawsuit that GPT-4 is in fact artificial generalized intelligence. Therefore, the exact danger OpenAI was founded to guard against uh, is there and it must be opened for others to investigate. He alleges that GPT-4 is kept closed only to provide profits to Microsoft. Uh, OpenAI is probably going to argue that it's kept closed for the safety of humanity, that that's why it's kept closed, uh, and that the organization is just fulfilling its charter by keeping it closed. All right. So if if Elon Musk gets his way, what would he want the court to do? Yeah. So in the lawsuit, he is asking the court to order OpenAI to adhere to its founding agreement. Uh, So in other words, stop uh, trying to make money, uh, open source, all the things you can open source. Uh, and he's asking for unspecified damages. Uh, you have to have a claim of at least $35,000 in damages to bring this sort of claim, uh, as part of the lawsuit. I guess it's going to be a lot more yeah. than that. And he says in this suit, it's at least $35,000 worth of damages that we can prove during court. Um, he also suggests restitution of donations as a possible basis for the calculation. So he, in a sense, saying, I might just ask for my money back. All the money that I funded OpenAI with in the early days, just give me that back. All right. So, Jason, uh, hearing all of this big news in in AI technology news today, what do you think is significant here? Well, <clears throat> do I think it's an insignificant case? Absolutely not. I um, open AI, you know, Love them or hate them, they're arguably one of the most noteworthy players in AI at the moment. So I think that immediately makes it a big deal. And then you've got, of course, Elon Musk that makes everything uh, a party. Of, <laughs> maybe party is the wrong word, but he makes you know, everything that he gets. Yeah, no, I get yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, he, Not you know, everywhere that he turns, <laughs> he, he turns his attention to becomes a party of good or party bad. Whatever, you know, the worst party or the best party, depending on what side of the fence you sit on. Um, I'm going to start stop talking about parties now. Open AI seems to be operating, in my view anyways, under a very different purpose than when they began. And I think it's pretty difficult to deny that outright. I mean, the deal with Microsoft really makes that more obvious even. Um, and and by the way, I'm sure that's a, a really big you know part you know, all of this is probably a really big part of the uh, that whole ouster and rehire thing that happened last year with Sam Altman, but that's just a guess. Um, I think Elon has a point here, and there's no really no question about it. I'm curious about the burden of proof. Elon is referencing, you know, these emails. He's referencing the founding articles of incorporation. Is that going to be enough for him to get the win here? And then I think beyond that, How long is this going to drag out? Is this one of those cases that we're talking about years and years down the line? Um, Because it is important. And we're we're at this early point of this like inflection point around AI. So we're going to see lots of cases like these. Um, I don't know. I think OpenAI was founded on this kind of principle of 
openness and air quotes being good for all. And I think it's hard. It's difficult to ignore the fact that it's a money making machine right now. Is that okay? That's, that, that's all true. About. But is that a is that a violation of its foundation charter that is a breach of contract with Elon Musk? Uh, is yeah. what the court's going to have to decide. And no, I don't. Think it, I don't think they will. Again, I we don't know what evidence Musk might bring to court or what testimony might might happen. So you're saying there's a chance. Yeah, there's a, there's a chance. I'll give it an 18 percent chance that that Musk mm-hmm. uh, prevails in this. But I think most courts are going to look at this and say, hey, they, they've kept their nonprofit structure. It's n- totally normal these days for companies to create a for-profit subsidiary of a nonprofit entity. So just because they did that doesn't mean they're bad. Uh, OpenAI can make some compelling arguments that, yes, we will be open when appropriate. It has not been appropriate in these cases to be open. And here's why. And they mm-hmm. they so I feel like they're they're going to prevail in court, you know, whether they'll prevail in the court of public opinion, uh, they will right. prevail in court. And uh, it's going to drag on for years. <laughs> and and yeah. we're, we're, we're going to be very entertained. It's going to be very entertaining because they're going to drag in all this testimony and, and expose <laughs> a bunch of emails and people will get some juicy gossip out of it. Oh, it's gonna be one of those cases. I, think I do think it's pretty will. funny that that he calls out AGI as far as ChatGPT being, you know, AGI. I think that's a that's a total stretch at, at this that point. That kind of like feels a- like. Sorry. Uh, no, go ahead. You tell me what you. Well, think I was just gonna like. say that feels that <laughs> we're gonna say it the same thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But that feels like Elon Musk saying the thing he knows is gonna get a reaction out of a certain group of people out there that are fearful of of AGI. Yeah, and and he wants to use it to drag a bunch of open AI secrets out in court yeah. because another and Elon Musk has a case. You're absolutely right. I'm not saying he doesn't have the right to bring this case, but another motivation he could have to bring a totally legitimate case is because he's also developing AI and anything he can do to slow down a competitor is good for his business. And so if he can get them to drag out a bunch of secrets in court by saying, you're doing AGI, prove you're not in court in front of everyone, then that's good for his business too. Yeah, indeed. There are levels to these things. Yeah. Wheels within wheels. (laughs) Many, many wheels and levels. The wheels um, in the sky right. keep on turning. Don't you know it? <laughs> so true. Well, um, if you listened to that song on Spotify recently, um, <laughs> you might be interested in uh, something that Spotify is doing. Uh, wasn't a good segue, No, that Sarah. was great. No, it was I, great. I Are you kidding it. me? Thank yeah. you, thank you, thank you. Commit. All right. Thank Commit you. Thank you. I, sometimes <laughs> I like to be applauded. So Spotify added 15 hours of free audiobooks listening to its subscription plan. That was last year. Today, Spotify introduced a $9.99 per month option for its free users to also access that same audiobooks collection. It's called the Audiobooks Access Tier. It's similar to the service that it offers subscribers, letting customers in the U.S. stream 15 hours of listening from its catalog of over 200,000 titles. 15 hours of listening per month. Free Spotify users can still stream music and podcasts using its ad-supported service, but can also pay to listen to audiobooks without having to buy a Spotify subscription. Now, I'm not a mathematician, but I looked at this and I was like, um, okay. (laughs) It's not really that great of a deal, but I guess if for whatever reason you simply do not want to subscribe to a Spotify account, you want to be on the free tier you can at least get a $10 version of something that would be $16 otherwise. Yeah. The other, the other co- comparison is audible, uh, 15 hours a month. Let's, let's just for the purposes of this conversation, assume like that's about a book, 
you know, book audiobooks range anywhere from eight to 20 hours, but they're usually somewhere around 12, 13 hours, right? So that's a book. Audible gives you one credit for one book a month for $15 a month. So when you put it that way, it was a screaming deal. You get a book a month for $10 versus $15. I wanted to ask all of you, uh, like how, how you, if, if you do, uh, um, how do you enjoy an audiobook? for me, for whatever reason, when I'm at home, uh, there are many times where I'm like, eh, I have to do some, like, I don't know, vacuuming or, you know, I have to cook something like an audiobook would be a great thing to play, you know, on my home speakers, but I only like to listen when I'm driving. And I don't drive that much because I work from home. So to me, I'm like 15 hours. I would never even do that. But back in the day when I was commuting two hours, you know, to and from work, that would have been a different conversation. Jason, where are you on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm similar to you, but I do use audiobook and, you know, and podcast content and stuff to tie into other tasks that I'm doing. Rarely do I ever if ever, actually, now that I think about it, sit down and say, I'm going to listen to an audiobook right now. And that's like the thing I do while I stare into space, you know, <laughs> like I never do that. I'm sure there are some people that do. It's always tied to doing something, be it driving, doing the dishes, taking the dogs on the walk. Yeah, yeah. that's that's how I listen to content like this. Audiobooks fight for podcasts space in my schedule, right? Sure. I either listen to podcasts or audiobooks totally. kind of in the same situations. Although I'm the opposite of you, Sarah. I can listen to a podcast while I'm driving. I cannot listen to an audiobook easily while I'm driving. I do it sometimes if I'm really into a book, but I get distracted by, you know, not running into other cars and then I <laughs> lose my place. I'm like, wait, what did they say? Yep. Where did they go? And I got to rewind and all that. Uh, so I tend to do it more when I'm like doing chores around the house, you know, doing the laundry, vacuuming, cleaning the bathroom, stuff like that, doing some gardening. Uh, or I will sometimes do it uh, at night where I listen to an audiobook and then like, you know, play like a real simple mobile game on, on my phone uh, yeah. as I go off to sleep, something like that. Right. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of audio. You know, some people are sort of like, nope, I'm either reading it or I'm not. Um, audiobooks aren't for everyone. And I don't think that, you know, an audiobook means that you don't pay attention to the story as much, but it does give you like the option to, in my case, like drive to the grocery store or, you know, play a very simple mobile game. Um, you know, no, nothing too crazy. Uh, that, that is, that's sort of the beauty of the whole thing. Anyway, I I don't know how many of y'all out there are interested in the Spotify yeah. new model for audiobooks, but if you are, let us know. Yeah, Feedback you, at dailytechnewsshow.com. Yeah, if, if you're like, no, no, this is perfect for me, even though it's only a dollar less than the full subscription. We're, we're very curious about that. I just don't know why you don't pay an extra dollar. <laughs> like, you, you get all that extra stuff. I guess you don't truly podcasts, need it. Why, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't know. Like a dollar. Okay. I don't know. I don't uh, know, Jason. A dollar goes a long a way these days. That's true. No, you're you're absolutely you know, right. Think of yep. all the things. Yeah, with inflation, a dollar 
Don't wait. (laughs) Uh, You know what doesn't cost you a dollar to watch if you've already paid for the internet? Uh, It's our top five show at youtube.com slash daily tech news show. It's a a quick show. It's a short these days, 60 seconds, where I break down five things you need to know about the world or technology. Uh, This week, Roger wanted to count down the top five reasons the Mac mini is the best Mac. So that's what I'm doing. Uh, If you're like, no, the Mac mini, how the Mac Mini is the best Mac. Take 60 seconds and watch. You can catch it at Daily Tech News Show on TikTok, DTNS Picks on Instagram, or as I said, youtube.com slash Daily Tech News Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the Headlines Edition. For more of Daily Tech News Show, including full discussions and other content, visit dailytechnewsshow.com. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>